it is, but you know, the way I look at it, I'm not much of a fisherman. So, you know, if you, you can kind of weigh it against that, you know, if you got somebody who's got all the fishing tackle, the fishing rods, the fishing reels, a boat, a, a, a fish finder, how many thousands of dollars do they have tied up in that? You know, so it's really no different. You know, if you, if you, if you don't fish and hunting is your main hobby, if predator hunting is your main hobby, if you got to, Borrow the money because most people most people are financing. The American way it is exactly. borrowing money. You know yeah, it is to, to get everything set up for a thermal or for a thermal night hunt between the, your optics and your stressor. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer hurt use buck grits i've been on a big board for a while like a load him in the back of my truck we can take it to a holler take it to a field across the creek up a big old American Roots Outdoors Radio. I'm calling via phone, sitting on a gravel road here in Howe County with our special guest this week. You guys love this guy. He is an old country boy. He is a predator hunter, trapper, extraordinaire deer hunter. This guy brings it all. Eddie Owens is our guest today, and he'll be coming on the second part of the show. But what I want to talk about right now is current events, and what about those Kansas City Chiefs? Redbone. Okay. Well, right. they they play Saturday afternoon at three thirty against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here's the interesting thing: you'll find this interesting. Of the eight quarterbacks that are currently in the NFL playoffs, there are only eight teams left. Of the eight quarterbacks left in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes is the second oldest quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and that's something. Is that right? Yeah, Dak Prescott is. 29, Patrick Mahomes is 27, everybody else is 25 and less. Yeah, the, Man, the one I for, didn't realize uh, that. Yeah, the, the, um, who's the youngest one there, that young kid? For, yeah, uh, I don't, San, I don't San Francisco, he's only 23 years old, I yeah, think. Yeah, 23 years yeah. old. Yeah, so it, it, it's amazing, and, and other teams ought to take a look at that and go, hmm. Yeah, and with Tom Brady, the 105-year-old quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> out. He's out now, so... <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was pitiful. Oh, it was. I, that, that was pitiful. I know. I had sent uh, you a text and Alex a text. Uh, you know, talking about that was the most pitiful line, and they should ask for their money back on that line. Well, Tampa Bay never should have been in the playoffs to start with. Yeah, I, that was such a poor division. I mean, to have a losing record and make it—that's. I mean, yeah. I, that's happened a couple times, but 
They never last. Ne- never should have been there yeah. in the first place. That was just a waste. That was a waste of my Monday night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't well, watch. Anyway, it. anyway, what is your guys' prediction? Uh, the Chiefs Jaguars game. Let's hear your predictions. Wayne, yeah. Redbone. I say it's going to be a close game. Myself, but I think Kansas City does come out on top. Home field advantage. Yeah, home field advantage worth at least two touchdowns. I got the Chiefs by two touchdowns. Wow. I will yeah, say I'm with you. I'm with you, both of you. I think the Chiefs will win. But I tell you what, the Chiefs worry me. They're my favorite team. They really worry me because their line is not that consistent. The last few games have not been real, real consistent. And their secondary concerns me. Yeah, see, none of that concerns me. Uh. <laughs> yeah, for me, I was going to say, I, I would they're, they're, say... Uh, they're, they're the best offensive line in the league. I mean, they've given up fewer sacks than anybody. Yeah, and if well, it wasn't for I'm that comeback... The last few games, yeah. what I'm seeing, they're getting you sacked two or three times in the last two or three games. Yeah, well, two, two sacks in a game is, is not very much in the NFL these days. I always know that you're going to argue with me, Redbone, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, and now, I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, what do y'all think of Dallas? Oh, uh, you want me to answer that? All of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dallas. I mean, Dallas may win, but I won't root for them. I, I, I've, I've told you this before. I have a deep hatred for the Dallas Cowboys that dates all the way back into the mid 1970s when they would beat my St. Louis Cardinals year in and year out, <laughs> and I just cannot. Now, I, I, I became a, a somewhat of a fan uh, during the Troy Aikman years. Oh, those were some great teams. They, they had some great teams there. I was like, okay, well, this is, but now uh, they're, they're a bunch of thugs and loudmouths, and I just don't like it. Attitudes. Wayne? I say they, they seem to have a lot of attitudes uh, and uh, character issues, I would say, <laughs> for, for uh, Dallas. I mean, I don't like them at all. I, I don't even pick. I, for me, I think San Francisco is going to go all the way in the NFC. Yeah. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I would agree. San Francisco, I think, will be in the Super Bowl. And Mr. Irrelevant. I would agree with you. Mr. Irrelevant is the one uh, taking him it's there. the quarterback, which, yeah. Yeah, his last pick of the draft. And, I mean, I, I got to root for the underdog on that one. But <laughs> I think it'll be San Francisco, Kansas City. Or if yeah. it's not Kansas City, it'll be the Bills. I, I bet you this year, if, if it's Kansas City and San Francisco, I bet this year, if San Francisco gets the lead, they don't go down and take a big team picture uh, before the game's over. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a stupid move on that. Well, I got one for you. I got one for you. Okay. Uh, you better be watching out for Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Don't ever underestimate Cincinnati. They beat the Chiefs twice, and that Burles, he can thread a needle with a pass. I'm telling you, he, he's a beast. So that's my thoughts. Let's move on to high school basketball. A lot of great teams across southern Missouri right now. The girls and the boys teams are absolutely playing some tight, close ball games. Uh, Thayer's doing very well. Liberty beat Emmons Red Wings last night by seven. Mm-hmm. I believe the record now is 10-6. and six. I think Thayer's record, what is, 13-3? Uh, and three, no, no, they're 10-3. 10-3 and three. Ten and three right now. Oh, 10 and 3. Okay. Well, I think we're 10 and 6, I believe, is what we are. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, a lot of good teams in the southeast around the Cape area, Scott City, Pumper Bluff over there, northern Arkansas. All over northern Arkansas, we got great teams. Uh, big shout out to all of them. 
and uh, we just wish all the girls and boys teams all the luck in the world. And uh, Liberty's getting better, Redbone, Wayne. They're getting better. They're playing better ball. Yeah, I told you they would. I told you they would. Just give us some time. You know, everybody wants to be 20-0 and 0 after the first week of the season, and it just doesn't work that way. Well, plus, like you've been saying for the last few weeks, they had to get their uh, basketball legs back. And get out, you know, of, and get out of football, football mode. Absolutely. Right. And it takes, it takes a little a while. while. Yeah, It takes a while. All right, so Alex, uh, before we get to the, the end of this segment, I do want to mention uh, MDC has released the final deer hunting numbers uh, since the season right. over, uh, closed on the uh, 15th. Uh, all total. Uh, gun and bow seasons together, uh, there were 299,721 deer that bit, uh, bit the dust. Of the deer harvested, wow. 140,736 were antlered bucks, 27,000 were button bucks, and 131,956 were does. Wow. Wow, what some great numbers. That, that is awesome. That's a great report and goes to show you how healthy the deer herd is. Uh, before we go to break here, I just want to mention all of our local radio sponsors, Monty's Outdoors, Phillips Truck Repair, Dalton Pallet, Countryside Propane, uh, Casey's Tree Service, Red Beards, Wise Eye Hunt Control, Hargrove Well and Pump, Wagner Heating, LMP, Iron and Dirt Watch, Peddler's Market, Buck Grits, and Eagle Seed, Hornady Ammunition, and Tide Wing. Uh, we got a new sponsor we're negotiating right now. We can't release it yet. If you love fishing, you're going to love this company. Also, coming back to our sponsorship with the podcast is going to be Amped Outdoors. We talked with them yesterday, and uh, we'll be getting contract signed, so they'll be coming back. So, guys, that's our sponsor for 2023. We thank you all for being loyal to us and supporting what we we believe in that space, family, friends, outdoors, and our constitutional rights. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we got our special guest, Eddie Owens. We're going to be talking trapping and predator hunting across the country. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Ammunition presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Calling via phone from my vehicle studio on a county road in Howe County with our special guest, Mr. Eddie Owens. And uh, Wayne, uh, Eddie's been a great guest, and you can share with us some of the numbers and reviews we've got some of his shows. Uh, I think, what did his show? His show ranked 
the highest of all the guests we've ever had on the show. Yeah, last year um, he was number one for the podcast for uh, guest appearance. And then the year before, he was number three, I believe. Um, so he's moving up. And I think he's going to try and hold on to the number one spot after today. <laughs> so, uh, Eddie, yes. this time of the year, you know, everything is closed pretty much other than predator hunting, coon hunting, uh, some waterfowl still going on across the country, and some of the deer season is going on down south. Here in the Midwest is a crucial time right now. Uh, for predator hunting and trapping. Trapping's been going on for some time now. And I know you love to trap, you love to predator hunt, but uh, I want you to tell all of our listeners, why is it crucial that people trap and, and control the predators? Well, I mean, number one is your, it's, it's part of wildlife population control. You know, if you're, if you're worried about your, your deer, deer herd, you're worried about your turkey herd, or flock, I guess, not herd, but, uh-huh. you know, and, and even, you know, from a livestock standpoint, if you got, you know, if you're, if you're running several mama cows and you start dropping calves, that's a pretty easy target for a predator. It is. You know, even, and, you know, whether it be coyotes or, or bobcats, I mean, I've seen video footage of a of, of mature bobcat taking down a full-grown white-tailed doe. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, if you care about your your game population, whether it be whitetail, turkey, quail, rabbit, anything like that, you need to be concerned also about the number of predators. Yeah, that, that makes sense, doesn't it, Redbone Wayne? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and because uh, that we we call them predators for a reason, that's because they hunt other animals. That's what they live on, and uh, if you've got too many of them, they are gonna they are gonna severely. Uh, take a bite out of your population. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah, and, and if if you got too many of them, when when they're just like anything else, you know, when they start getting overcrowded, they'll start spilling out into your urban areas too, where there's not any hunting pressure. So, I mean, I've seen coyotes downtown here in in, in Mountain View. So, and they will eat your house cats and your small dogs. Fact, and they do. Yeah. That's why they come into these suburban areas oh, yeah. because it's easy food for them. All kinds of food source, and nobody, nobody out there with a rifle trying to take them out. So I want to say to all of our listeners that's against predator hunting, if you've got pets, think about it. Do you want a predator, a coyote, or a bobcat eating your cat? Or attacking your child. Attacking your child. And there's videos out there showing bobcats attacking people. So that's something to think about. That's a neat subject matter, trapping and predator hunting. But but we, I think we got our point across why it's important in this first segment, why we control the predator numbers. So that being said, how long have you been predator hunting and trapping? Uh, and how old are you now? I'm, I'm 43 now. I don't feel it, but I'm 43. Um I've been, I mean, I've, I've always been, you know, when I'm out in the woods, if I see a coyote hunt, I don't care what I'm, or if I see a coyote, I don't care what I'm hunting, it turns into a coyote hunt. Wow. But I've been, you know, actively pursuing, you know, predators for, oh, I would say 10 or 12 years. Uh, that has been my number one passion. But, uh, I mean, anytime I, you know, when I was younger, I was out in the woods, if I was deer hunting and I saw a coyote, well, from that point on, I was coyote hunting. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it's, and it's crazy, you know, over the years, uh, you know, how 
and, and it's visible. You know, you, you, you start taking out a large number of coyotes, you can see a difference in your deer herd. And, you know, your cows are nowhere near stressed because they're, you don't constantly have coyotes roaming through the herd. So You see more rabbits, you see more quail. Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing more quail than I've ever seen, Wayne, Redbone, uh, Eddie. Yeah, I've, I I've am. seen several coyotes. And you'll see more turkeys. And, and our big concern right now uh, across the country is our turkey numbers because turkey numbers have been really down. Yeah. And, and I want to add to that, I've had several reports of people in Texas County, Howe County, Oregon County said they're seeing poults. So that's a good sign. I'm not getting a lot of pictures of poults, uh, and I did not this year on my wise eye cameras, but uh, it's good to hear everybody else is getting them. But my neighbors around me that have big tracks of land said, hey, man, we got lots of turkeys. So that's a good sign. So we encourage all of our listeners that's listening, hey, let people trap on your land. Yeah. Let people predator hunt on your land because they're helping our system of controlling wildlife. If you got your if you got your predator numbers under control, your your flock can withstand a couple of bad hatches. But if you have bad hatches for two or three years, like we've had, plus a high number of predators, you're, you're going to see a big dent in the population. Yeah, exactly. Redmond. Yeah, I, I do have one question, Eddie, and, and and this might be for later in the show. I don't know, and I know we got just a couple of minutes left here in this segment. But and we talk about the fact that the predators are going to kill and consume your turkeys, young deer, you know, rabbits, quail, whatever, whatever the case may be. Is there an instance where you've gone somewhere <clears throat> and there are a lot of coyotes and? Maybe they weren't killing the deer, but the deer just left. And, and Alex, you may even know this too. Does a large population of coyotes, I guess is what I'm asking, means that the deer are going to leave that area or the rabbits and the, the quail will leave that area, even though maybe they're not being predated. I mean, you know what? Do you, you understand what I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. And I've, I'm sure it happens. I have yet to encounter it because one of the farms that I hunt, is absolutely loaded with coyotes, but they're still loaded with deer. So I'm, they will co-inhabit, but I think I think you're you know if you've got a good source of food for whitetail and and some cover, you're still going to have good whitetail numbers. But I think they're going to be a little bit more on edge. Yeah. So yeah, I do know your turkeys will leave an area if too much predation is there. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, you know, on my farm, my wise eyes. Uh, last night, you see me, I made a post, Redbone Wayne. Eddie, if you haven't been on the American Roots, I posted pictures, like seven or eight pictures, different pictures of coyotes on my wise eye cameras. They was really moving. And if you know anything about coyotes right now, it's their mating season. But you can go out and use a howl. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break, how to locate these coyotes and how to call them in. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Eddie Owens about trapping and predator hunting. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Across the creek of a big old hill Year after year Got my Guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're wait, put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that'll get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. 
It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. You know, Alex, there is a, a company in the outdoors that wants to provide quality hunting gear at affordable prices for the everyday hunter. Yes, there is, Redbone, and it's Tide We. These guys are a blue-collar company. They make excellent products that's very affordable for everybody. And these guys want to help every outdoorsman live out their passions in the outdoors. And to find out more about this company, just go to www.tidewe.com. That's T-I-D-E-W-E.com. Around your heart, so you never got to worry. Seed presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome back. Again, our special guest is Eddie Owens. He, this guy's a popular guy. They really like his content, his information, and he shares a lot with our listeners all across the world. And Eddie, again, we appreciate you being on the show, and you're the real deal. You know, and I think that's why people like you. Uh, it's no pony show. Uh, you're just telling how it is and, and how you learned to predator hunt. But to, to all of our, our predator hunters out there that may be interested wanting to get into predator hunting and trapping, let's talk predator hunting first. Uh, what do they need to get started? Let's talk about calls. Uh, there's several different calls you can go with. Um, I and mean, if you're just getting started into it, I would set a budget. You know, you don't want to... There's, there's some calls out there that cost you six, seven, eight hundred dollars but it's just like anything else. If you're not sure you want to, that you're really going to enjoy it, there's also good calls out there for 100 to $200. Um, are you talking electronic calls? I'm talking electronic calls. Now, there's calls. handheld calls, too, and you use handheld calls and diaphragm. I do. Let's talk about those two. Um, I always keep a handheld call with me because the batteries never die on those. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I have been in situations where it was an absolute perfect, perfect morning, perfect weather, zero wind, you got cold temperatures, and my battery dies, which everybody knows. Anybody that's dealt with batteries knows that cold weather is hard on batteries. And I had a a perfect morning. I couldn't, you know, if I'd have went back to the house and got more batteries, I would have lost my opportunity. So I just got a brand new hand call, and I thought, I want to try this thing out. (laughs) And after blowing it the third time in about a minute and a half, time frame, I had a coyote standing to my left at roughly 10 yards. So, I mean, a, a hand call, you know, you can pick up a good hand, hand call from 15 to $25. Always keep a couple of those with you, with, you know, an open read howler, closed read uh, squaller, anything like that. So, questions, if I may interrupt. You're talking about hand calls now, and you talked about electronic calls. So, if somebody wants to go out right now and predator hunt, say it's breaking daylight, What's the first thing you do? They want to pay attention to the wind. Yep, be scent free. I use Ozonics and scent free. So keep the wind in your face. You want to set some kind of barrier behind your back, uh, like a uh, a bluff, a barn. Whatever. Make them come out in front of you. Now, do you use decoys too when you're calling? I do. I've got a I've got electronic decoys that spin, rotate, do whatever. Okay, Mojo uh, makes that. Mojo makes them, Fosfro makes them. Uh, so what you're doing, you're, you're calling. So you start out, what are you going to imitate? What's the first hand call you're going to use, and what are you going to imitate? Well, if I go out today, break a day right now, the first thing I'm going to do is howl. Just right now, because they're mating. They, they are. They're, they're rolling. And, and talk about that. The howl, it, like this. 
pure howl. Yep, right? You want a non-aggressive howl to start off with. And what happens? And when I, if I do that howl, what's going to happen? Usually, if you got coyotes in the area and they're vocal, they're going to answer back. So that there, if they do that, you know exactly where they're at. Exactly. Then you start calling. Uh, yeah, I'll usually wait just a little bit, and then I'll respond with another, with another howl. howl. Another howl. Okay. And if they respond aggressively, I'm going to respond aggressively. So you're saying aggressive, but they may go like. Challenge mark. That'll be your challenge, and then because if they're if they're willing to challenge you, you need to be willing to challenge them because they're saying, "Hey, this is my area. Get out." Mm-hmm. If you come in and say, "No, I want this spot," it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to get an opportunity at that coyote because it's dominance, exactly. taking order. Exactly. Wow. So, and yeah, and, and then if you don't get any responses, don't rush into your prey distress. Okay. A lot of times, if I don't get a response, I'll help two or three times, and I'll wait for about five minutes. So do you start off with a rabbit or a little woodpecker? What do you start off with? When I start off with my distress sounds. After howling. After howling, if if nothing responds, because they don't always howl at you. They may just come strolling in silent like a... Like Like he's going to whip somebody. Exactly. So if if you give it five to ten minutes and nothing happens, then ease into your rabbit distress. Uh, I like a rabbit distress. If it's really windy, I'll go with like a pileated woodpecker or something like okay, that. Okay, because it's higher pitch. It's higher pitch. It gets out there a little farther. So, so let me ask you. So, when the picture you're painting for that coyote, so our listeners will understand. Okay, you sound like a, a male coyote or female or female that's howling to locate other coyotes. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you go into a rabbit distress call. Then you're imitating like he's caught something. In my territory. In my territory. It's like, he's stealing my food, Redbone Wayne. What do you think of that technique? Yeah, I would I would agree. And my, my, my question right here, though, <clears throat> and I know, you know, when you turkey hunt and you try to turkey call, you got to be pretty good. Can you? Is, is there any margin for error when you're using the handheld coyote calls, Eddie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because no coyote sounds the same. And if you're blowing, say, if you're using an open reed howler, mm-hmm. um, it it may sound like you're blowing a kazoo. But <laughs> when you get out there 100, 150 yards, 200 yards, or even a quarter mile, you're not going to hear that buzz out there like mm-hmm. you're hearing right on right there at you. So, yeah, there, there, there is some forgiveness in those hand calls. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. Yeah, I got a question about the uh, electronic calls. Now, have you ever, I know they got different ones where, you know, you can, Select like uh, you know, squealing rabbit, uh, fighting pups, things like that. Have you ever made your own um, call and put it, you know, on a CD and then played it to call them in? I have not. I don't have the technology for that. Or if I do have it, I don't know how to use it. Uh, <laughs> there's so there is so many different sounds out there. I mean, literally thousands, and you can just pick and choose what you what you think. Cause, and it's all a you're just trying to. You're trying to think like a predator, and you're trying to outsmart them at their own game. And but essentially, they are their dogs. So if you know, it, it's it's just trial and error. You try a sound, it don't work. Try another sound, and and you might have real good luck with a sound today, and go out tomorrow, and they not hit on that sound. It may take a different sound. It's a lot like fishing, you know, different lures for different days, you know. So that's why it's good to have an arsenal of distress sounds because. Mm-hmm. What you think should do really good may not be real good for that day. You might yeah. have to pick a different distress sound. Yeah, like the, a spinner 
bait over a jerk bait or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the reason Pretty I asked cool the, technique. Yeah, the reason I asked about the electronic call is because I had made one when I uh, predator hunted uh, in Ohio. I had made my own, and what I, my wife has a whole bunch of little dogs. I call them yappers. Um, but uh, toy fox, uh, toy fox terriers, things like, and uh, I forget what the other one is. But if you put them, what I did is I, when I put them in their cages, they all start whining. So I I just recorded it with my phone, all that whining, and then usually the three females will start fighting, and man, they go at it every time I put them in the cage, and it's just like a routine that they do. Um, and I so I recorded that, and I tell you what, that recording called in a lot of coyotes, that whining that they did, and the fighting that they did. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, and since I know you know, Eddie, yes, I was say, so Eddie, since you just told me you ain't got that, I think I'll make a recording for you to, to try out. <laughs> That'd be good. Hey, wine and puppies is real good mm-hmm. when you're talking, you know, mid to late May when then pups are coming out of the den. Right. You can call in a lot of coyotes like that. All right. So one more question before we take this break here, Eddie. Uh, <clears throat> if you use a squealing rabbit. Is it important to know that there are some rabbits in the area? I mean, you know, there's some areas that just aren't any rabbits, or is that coyote going to go, wait a minute, that sounds like a squealing rabbit, and I haven't seen a rabbit around here in two years. Uh, not if that coyote's hungry. Okay. <laughs> good, answer. good answer. Good answer. I want to say this before we go to a break. Uh, I'm going to tell you one tool that every predator hunter needs, and they probably haven't ever used it, thought about it, but you're seeing it catch on right now as trail cameras. Uh, you find uh, rocks. Rocks, cows like to urinate on rocks and marking their territory, an old log, or say a dead cow. You set up your wise eye cameras on a dead cow on these signpost rocks or logs or whatever. You can use them to help you predict where these predators at before you go calling the next day. And if you've got them on uh, like a wise eye camera, the hunt control, it'll tell you the exact second minute they're there. All of a sudden, you could be hunting somewhere and say another piece of property. All of a sudden, your wise eye goes off on the Jones farm and there's coyotes over there. You know where you need to go. But great information, great technique. Use wise eye trail cameras, hunt control to find where your predator's at. We're going to go to a break. Again, when we come back, we'll have more with Eddie Owens, the predator and trapping master from the Ozarks. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Redbone, Wayne, have you heard about the 12-volt power packs? I've heard a little bit. Tell me more. Yeah, what it is, it's, it's a battery that you can hook to your cell cameras, uh, even charge your cell phones. This company's become really innovative, man. Yeah, I've got a couple of them myself, and they're so easy to use. My six-year-old helping me set them up in the woods on my wise eyes. If you want to improve your battery life in your cell cameras, check out the 12-volt power packs. I'll have to do that. Do they have a, a website? Yes, it's jkroutdoors.com. American Roots Outdoors, segment four of our show. And again, our special guest, Eddie Owens. He is a trapping predator master here in the Ozarks. And this guy knows what he's talking about. We enjoy having Eddie on the show. And we've talked about techniques, how to get started, using different sounds, how to locate, how to get set up. What I want to talk about now, we want to talk about, Wayne and myself and Redbone, is what type of rifle should they hunt with? Could they, can they carry the shotgun? You usually carry both, right? I do. Let's talk do. about that. 
Um, and as far as rifle goes, if you're just getting into it, I, whatever you deer hunt with will work for coyotes. So, you know, if you're if your go-to rifle for deer hunting is a 270, they make great coyote guns. Um, and then uh, I, I typically always carry a shotgun on every stand. Because it seems like if I don't have my shotgun, then that's why I've got to try and stop them coyotes at 20 yards and get a bullet in them. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot easier to hit them with a scatter gun at 20 yards. And you're shooting one of these predator uh, I ammunition? I shoot, their, I shoot their nickel-plated BB. Huh? Um, it's been awesome on coyotes and bobcat. Uh, especially if you're looking to save the pelt. You know, it, it don't blow the holes in them like a bullet yeah. does. So, Depending on how close they are. True, yeah. <laughs> you got 10 yards, you're, you're, yeah, your pattern's pretty tight. But, I mean, and it's, you got a pattern, your, your kind of load is just like you do a, a turkey load as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll, I, I try to always carry a shotgun on every stand. I may, I may only use it 10% of the time, but when I need it, it is priceless. You know, it's called, it, it's helped me get more doubles than a rifle ever did. So a rifle, I know a lot of people at Predator Hunt, they like like a twenty two caliber too. They'll use a twenty two Hornet, a two twenty three, yeah. uh, and the shooting Hornet D Predator bullets, you know. Yep. So I, uh, you reload? I do. I hand load everything. I, and what's your preferred bullet to shoot Predators with? Usually the VMAX, the Hornet D VMAX bullet. Yeah. Uh, my twenty two two fifty is my go to. I shoot a fifty grain uh, VMAX bullet mm-hmm. out of it. Now on my 223s, they've got a tighter twist. I'll go up to a 55 grain. Because a 223 just doesn't pack the, the punch that the energy. 250 does. Yeah. So I'll have more spinners and more runoffs with a 223. Really? So the heavier the bullet, the better better you are. And better. softer the bullet. Yeah, yeah you, you want that expansion. Yeah, you want, you want that expansion. expansion. Yeah. Now yeah. with that with that 250, if you get a if you get a 50 grain pill in the in the chest cavity on them suckers, they ain't running off. That's good. Now do they blow a big hole when they come out? No. No, you want them to blow up inside. Typically, they don't even exit. Beautiful. Yeah. Blows up inside. Red that that animal takes 100% of that energy. That's beautiful. All right, so here's a real beginner's question for you, Eddie. <clears throat> and I don't think we've covered this in any of the time that Eddie's been on. If someone, say, is a beginner, wants to go out, they get a coyote within range, and they're hunting with their rifle, where do they want to shoot that coyote? Do you want to headshot it? Do you want to try and hit it? You know, like you would a deer, you know, above the shoulder, try and get a heart shot and lung shot. Because I've watched, I, I ask this because I've watched videos and people have hit coyotes in the hind end and they spin two or three times and drop dead. I mean, can you pretty much hit a coyote anywhere and kill it or do you have to hit a vital organ? You, uh, when I'm, when I'm shooting for a coyote, I will hold on a coyote just like I would on a deer. Now, when you see them spinning and biting at their hind end, mm-hmm. they're typically more biting toward the, they're going, they're trying to get a hold of that bullet hole because mm-hmm. it's burning. It's stinging and burning. That's where they're spinning, okay. and it looks like they're trying to bite their tail, but they're they're biting at that wound because they think something's stinging them. Gotcha. Um, okay. I don't I don't typically go for headshots. I have shot them in the head if that's all I can see, but if you're hunting in a competition situation, you can't head shoot. So if you got if you end up shooting a coyote in the head during a competition, you got to cull that animal. Hmm. So and, and it's and it has to do with rigor mortis and tagging process. Okay, interesting. And speaking of uh, contests, I know there's one coming up in uh, Monroe uh, City, I believe, in Missouri. There, are, are, um, I think it's in February. Are, is that something you were entering in, or you, like you and your wife? I know it's a team event. 
I, I haven't seen the info on it. Uh, I may look into it, though. Uh, we've got a contest coming up this weekend out of Licking. Uh, it used to be out of Houston, but they've moved it up to Licking this year. Uh, had some issues with their the event building that they normally use. So, but yeah, it, there'll be this Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we've been looking forward to that. I, I haven't been able to do a whole lot of hunting this year. So, hey, Wayne Redbone, I want to share with you Paducah Shooter Supply in Paducah, Kentucky is putting on a, a predator hunt. Uh, contest at their store to help the turkey numbers. And what they did, it's a two-day event. It's pretty neat. So coons, bobcats, possums, everything's included in it. You, you can trap them, you can shoot them, whatever, but you can't pick up road kills. You know, <laughs> so the most predators brought in, it's pretty neat. I'd like to see some of our, our sporting goods stores around there, Monty's Outdoors. That'd be pretty neat if Monty's would do something like that to create some gifts. And I guarantee you, some of the companies like Buck Grits and Wise Eye and Hornady and Eagle Seed, Tidewee, uh, Apex, Amp, they, they would join in on this to probably help give away prizes to help with our turkey numbers. So I, I want to share this with you, a technique. Uh, I've been feeding buckness for almost two years now, and I just got back from the ATA show. By the way, I want to thank everybody that's listening that come by the booth and visited with me and took price lists to order buckness. I feed on my farms now that season's over at every camera site. Last night, I want to reiterate, repeat, that I had like six, seven different coyotes come into my camera feeding sites. So your feeding sites, feeding buckness, they come by there because they know rodents like mice and squirrels and stuff, quail, birds, are coming there to eat also. So keep that in mind. Uh, these feeding sites can be great locations to find your predators. So use your wise-eyed cameras and your hunt control to help you be more successful in killing predators and locate them. We've had a good show, gentlemen. Great content, great information. Eddie's always a great guest, Redbone. Yeah, and the show was just kind of flying, uh, flown by today, uh, but we are going to continue on the uh, bonus segment over on the podcast. Wayne, tell them what we're going to do there. Yeah, in the bonus segment, we're going to hit in a little bit more on uh, ammunition and the guns and that. And if you're a beginner, I know Eddie said you can just use your deer rifle. And one of the things I, I didn't get a chance to ask, but I'm going to ask him in the bonus segment, and that is, uh, do you have to make any alterations to your rifle that he would suggest uh I was going to say, he's also going to share a, a memorable story with us, so I'm, I'm sure nobody's going to want to miss that. So make sure you tune into the, the podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast carrier on your phone or computer and, and listen to what he's got to say. Yeah, again, thank you, Eddie, for being on the show. Thank you to all of our partners, local and national sponsors of American Roots Radio and Podcast. We couldn't do this without you. And again, we just want to say, Eddie, uh, how important is it to share the outdoors with kids and stuff? Oh, it's, it's it, that's that's our next generation. I mean, it, it's it's already become you know beginning to be a thing of the past. You know, so some some areas, yeah. yeah. So you've got you've got to get fresh blood involved in it. Yeah, get your wives to go hunt with you. Yes, yes. Eddie's a wife hunts with him. My wife hunts with me. Uh, we encourage you to take your girlfriends, your kids, uh, whoever, your grandpa, your grandmas, take them hunting, yes. share the outdoors. Thank you again for listening. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong. There's no reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American roots. Thank you for joining.
joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutland. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoor.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. And we present... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, our bonus segment. Again, our special guest, Mr. Eddie Owens. Eddie Owens is an extraordinary trapper and predator hunter here in the Ozarks, and he shared his knowledge with us today on predator hunting. It's going to be a two-part series. We're going to have Eddie on again next week, if Eddie can fit it in his schedule, talking about trapping. Uh, we've covered some great content, but I want to talk about Tidewee real quick. If you have not heard about Tidewee, you can go to their website and use the code AMRO18. You get an 18% discount off of anything that they have on their website. Uh, they make the best ground blinds, don't they, Wayne? And their boots, uh, their clothing, their heated clothing right now is a hot ticket. Heated vest, uh, rain suits, clothing line, it's really popular. So we encourage all of our listeners, go to www.tidewee.com, use the code AMRO18, that way you can predator hunt through the extreme cold temperatures, fish in it, whatever, and buy their clothing or boots. They got all kinds of stuff. We gave away a rangefinder last weekend from Tideway to our listeners, and we're going to give away something again this week uh, from American Roots. Wayne? Yes, they, uh, Cody, uh, actually, I talked to him yesterday. He sent that uh, rangefinder out in the mail, and our, our winner uh, talked to him. He's super excited. He's like, he goes, I can't believe that, you know, that he won. And uh, that's I, I got to tell all our listeners, please go in there, leave a review, because as soon as you leave a review, you're automatically entered into any contest that we do. So it's not just, you know, one time that you and then we look for the next you know set of people. Once you're in and you leave a review, you're in forever on every drawing that we do all year round. Cool. But Eddie, I do, cool. Eddie, I do have a question for you as far as equipment. Now, you talked about a couple of times you mentioned about hunting in the morning and that. Do you ever do any night hunting? And if so, do you uh, – I know Fox Pro, their, their electric electronic calls are fantastic. Um, but do you ever, like, you know, do the attachment with the red light on your, your scope and, and hunt at nighttime? Or are you strictly just dusk and dawn? I, I have done the night hunting before years and years ago. Um Lately, you know, the last several years, I've, I've only been a daytime hunter. Now, the thermal is something that I am looking into. Um, and, you know, you can you can really increase your odds with thermal. Um, now, if I was to do thermal, I would probably go ahead and light the bullet and get all the paperwork submitted for a suppressor because, you know, you don't, the quieter you can be, A, 
you usually pull off multiples if you call in two or three coyotes. B, you're not getting, you know, I, I, I hate to say the word harassed, but, you know, the, the quieter you are of a night, the, the less offensive you are, the less phone calls get made. And even though you're doing everything by the book, you might have a night scheduled for hunting and end up talking with the conservation department for half of your scheduled hunt. Yeah. And, and, you know, once they show up and you're like, Hey, I'm doing predator control on this farm and they see that everything's on the up and up, they're going to leave you alone, but it's still inconvenienced you. So it is something I'm looking, looking into doing. I just haven't got there yet because there's, it's a pretty good chunk of money involved. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking. I wonder if Eddie won the lottery or something because if he's looking at buying the thermal <laughs> stuff, because uh, like you said, yeah, Eddie, I mean uh, that's a, that is a big bullet to bite, and uh, you got to get wife approval on that. It it is, but you know, way I look at it, I'm not much of a fisherman, so you know, if you you can kind of weigh it against that, you know, if you got somebody who's got all the fishing tackle, the fishing rods, the fishing reels, a boat, a, a, a fish finder. How many thousands of dollars are that tied up in that? You know, so it's really no different. You know, if you if you if you don't fish and hunting is your main hobby, if predator hunting is your main hobby, if you got to borrow the money because most people are, most people are financing. <laughs> the American way it is exactly. borrowing money. You know, yeah, it is to to get everything set up for a thermal or for a thermal night hunt between the your optics and your suppressor. You're talking five thousand dollars. A lot of people don't have that kind of cash just laying around, and that's for a, you know, that's a, a good thermal, something that, that is dependable. Believe me, they get a lot higher than that. They do get cheaper than that. So, I mean, a person could start start low and then work your way up. And the but, good news uh, is, once I you, mean, for, well, and the good news is, once you get that paid for, then you can go after the boat and all the fishing gear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick, we got about three or four minutes left in the show. What is one of your most memorable hunts with you and your wife? I know you may have shared this before on one of our shows, but what's one that really sticks out in your mind? And, and walk us from the front of it, uh, beginning of the hunt to the close of it. Uh, I, I probably I probably have shared this one in the past, but it's when I think of my wife and I hunting. This is the one that always pops into my head. It's the one that she she brings up all the time too. Um, we were hunting a new a new property with uh, my nephew and his wife, and so you was all four out there hunting together. Wow, that's together. cool. So that's cool. They, they set up over the hill, and they were they were watching the the, the hilltop, the flat. And my wife and I, we just went right down the fence line. We set up where we could see the ravine, and he was running the call. I was, all I had, I had my rifle. She had her rifle. She was sitting right next to the edge of the, the fence row, and I was sitting out from her, you know, just two or three feet, enough that I wouldn't blast her eardrums. Uh-huh. And they turned the call on, and it hadn't been running less than a minute. And across the, the draw up on the next hill, I seen a, a doe bust out into the hayfield. She come out of a pretty good thicket. I, I, I told the wife, I said, be ready. I said, I guarantee you there's a coyote behind that deer. Uh-huh. And it wasn't 10 seconds, here come a coyote. Run out. I tried stopping it. It was running to them, so I didn't take a shot. It ran up over the hill. I heard a shot. And I waited a few seconds and stood up. He gave me the thumbs up. Well, I gave him the thumbs up, told him to keep calling. Uh-huh. So they, they made the shot, killed that coyote. 
they turn the call back on. Typically, after you shoot, I'll go into like a, a distressed coyote. Uh, that's squealing. That, yeah, like that, a hurt coyote. That hurt, yeah. that hurt coyote sound. So that's what he went to. And we heard something to our right. And unbeknownst to us, my wife and I had sat right on a game trail. <laughs> and so you look for trails, too, when you set up. But you yeah, just didn't know it that We time. didn't notice. That was the first time we'd ever been there. And that coyote poked his head under the fence less than four feet from us. And my, my my wife, she held her composure pretty good, but when that coyote left, she fell apart. <laughs> uh, that, that, she brings that, that up all the time. Hey, real quick, when that coyote was coming in, you said you tried to stop him. What sound do you use and imitate with your voice? I, you us? I usually try to bark stop him. And, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great one. Um, I, uh, and, and, and it don't always sound that good because a lot of times you're sitting out there not make, making a peep for 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden you got to try and bark. But it don't really matter. All they got to hear is a noise that's out of the ordinary. Yeah. And it usually, usually, if they haven't seen your smell yet, it'll usually stop them on a dime. Wow. Now, if they've seen movement and you bark like that, you better be prepared to shoot them on a the run because they're going to turn inside. They'll tuck inside themselves and be gone. So, Wayne? Wayne? Yeah, I, I find I'm still picturing his wife sitting there real still and a head just popping through the fence four feet from her. And, yeah. and then when that coyote left to her, just like totally losing it. I, I could see that it probably oh. she was uh, deer in headlights, frozen, scared. And then when the coyote left, man, all that adrenaline just poof came out. And uh, what, man, what a, coyote, that would be so cool had, to see the coyote that. coyote had the same look on his face. <laughs> But, uh, hey, Eddie, I tell you what, you know, we're going to wrap the show up here because uh, we're running out of time. But thanks again, you know, for being on here. Uh, man, we love having you on because every time we have you on, we learn something new. The, the the listeners learn something new, and it's awesome. And I can't wait till next week when we, we talk about trapping. Um, I am glad. The one thing I am a little disappointed on for my property, though, is Alex did not dump his guts over in the corner of my property like he usually does. <laughs> I dump him across the road on the deer crossing now. I know she's been seeing last deer. Yeah. <laughs> no bucks, all little nose. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I Eddie, love you, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, hey, everybody, again, thank you for listening to our shows. Again, thank you to all of our partners that, that represent us and help sponsor us to be able to bring this wonderful content to the world and uh, all of our local sponsors as well. And, uh, you know, it's all about us. It's about God's creation. And real quick, how can people follow you, Eddie? You do Facebook or Instagram? I am on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm not near as active on social media as I used to be. I just found myself pretty busy. Yeah, he's the city coordinator of Mountain View, Missouri. And that being said, everybody, if you're in the listing area close to Mountain View, Missouri, we got a surprise for y'all. Uh, can we announce it? I think everything's pretty well signed. Okay. Aaron Tippin will be live in concert in Mountain View, Missouri on June the 2nd. June the 2nd at the football stadium, downtown Mountain View. They're expecting thousands of people to come in for this concert. So mark your calendars, June 2nd, country music recording artist Aaron Tippin. He's probably going to go predator hunting that morning. He'll come out the day before. So. He wants to go with you, I think. But anyway, thank you for listening. And remember, share the outdoors with somebody, especially kids. It's God's creation. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind.